something had me not choose to get married. And it really was the exploration of vulnerability. That was the shift for me. We all have feelings. We all need to let our uh, stress out, right? And our feelings and uh, release that or we, or we pop. I bring communities of women together and they get to see that they aren't doing it alone. It was really rooted in, I thought it was a fat girl who wasn't pretty and had to outsmart, out funny, out earn everyone so I could be worthy to be your friend or have love. We have created a culture where our value is placed in our work and like our worthiness is in our work versus our being. guys and welcome back to the I Love Success podcast. I am super excited. My virtual world tour is continuing. This year has been um, very interesting in many ways and uh, we have to adapt and overcome. And today I have a guest. Uh, We are almost neighbors. Her name is Amber J. Lawson. Uh, she's in Venice. She's a master mindset coach for those who want to level up joy, happiness, and to live on purpose with love and abundance. And uh, I'm a big fan of that. So I'm super excited for today's conversation. And before we get started, I just want to read something that Amber J. wrote. And I, it it actually connected me with her and it was so so real and raw, so I'm going to share that with you guys now, and then, then we'll get started. I was living in Los Angeles, making good money and surrounded by great friends, but something was missing. I didn't realize the basic life skills I relied on were rooted in masculine energy. I had created a need to project an aura of strength and stability, but inside I felt lonely and isolated, making it difficult to trust or lean on others. Not being able to relax, release, or even cry left me feeling like a pressure cooker, ready to pop. And um, with that being said, I think we are going to have an incredible conversation today. So let's welcome Amber J. Thank you. Thank you so much, Peter, for having me on and exploring these topics and conversations. Awesome. Yeah. So let's talk a little bit about that masculine, feminine energy. And can you just share a little bit from yourself and how you became this uh, masculine force that had good results, but didn't feel good? Yes. Thank you. So I found myself doing it like a man. I I was in boardrooms. I was the only woman. I was on panels, traveling around the world. Uh, It was an exciting life. And I wanted success. And the people that were around me that were successful were men. So I was emulating their behaviors in order to create success. And guess what? It worked, (laughs) right? It did work. But there is something, first of all, we both, you know, men and women or what, whatever physical body you're in, we both embody the masculine and feminine, right? And, and we tip 
both ways. The feminine receives, the masculine is pointed and penetrating, is on purpose. The feminine is flow, is ease, is rounded corners and receiving. And so it was, it was modeled to me to create success. I, I got to do it a certain way. But then, you know, I, I felt like something was missing. Like you spoke in too, that that is my true story. Something was not aligning. In fact, I had been engaged three times and something had me not choose to get married. And it really was the exploration of vulnerability. That was the shift for me. Yeah. And can we just, I mean, I thank you for sharing this. And I think it's so interesting because there's, we have a set way that we believe is going to give us success. And, and I mean, my goal is to redefine success because I do believe it's different for every human being. We just need to, to find, find it and listen to that voice. But what was the feeling? Can we try to tap into that feeling that you, you were successful, but you didn't feel fulfillment and happiness? Like, can you, can you describe that a little bit more? Yeah, it's at abject fear. It's survival. It's grasp. It's white knuckles. It is visceral in, in the fear of being found out. And always one of the biggest lessons, and I'm sure we'll talk about um, this experience in my life, but when I was an executive at AOL was I was doing it all by myself and I was afraid to ask for support in fear of being found out in like that I would be revealed as a fraud and then it would all poof, go away. And it was painful. It was sad. It was, I leaned into vices like drinking and not sleeping and I gained weight and I was depressed. I didn't know I was depressed. I was, I loved my job, but I was surviving and it, and it's lonely. And I find that today, you know, a lot of people I meet and run across are just trying to hold on and for what, you know, at what, and at what cost. Yeah, there's, I mean, whole society is, uh, there's a lot of pressure of doing more, making more money, uh, being better. And I think we need, like, I usually say grow or die. And I agree, we need to grow as human beings, but it doesn't mean that we need to to do more or be better. Uh, growing, we can grow in diff- different ways and different stages of our lives. And what d- good does it mean if you have, the best job in the world, but your your like your relationships and your friendships are in shambles. And the opposite, if you're just hanging around smoking weed in Venice all day, that might be awesome. But maybe you want to do something that feels good for the world as well, right? I d- I believe we are in a great pause. It this is an opportunity to check our values and what matters to us, and to go inward. Because you can't go outward right now. There's just no more outward to go. And how we have operated no longer works. It frankly 
in a lot of areas no longer exists and we get to shift. And our, I believe our currency moving forward is going to be our hearts, is our community, is our connection, is our families, is the people that we choose to spend our time with and more of a, a barter system and, a, and a, we exchange value together as opposed to hoard money and abundance and things. Yeah. And can we talk a little bit about the masculine and feminine energy? And why do you think that a lot of women that are successful in the executive world tap into the masculine energy? To is Do you think that's the only way to be successful in that world because it's so, men, so much men? Or do you think that's something that we just, that a lot of women just do because they think that's the only way? So I'm, I'm now training vulnerability as a key piece of leadership in corporate environments. That when the leadership, when the C-suite, when the executives lead from vulnerability, transparency, and authenticity, that it creates a culture of connection, community, and common goals. And where and that's a shift from where I came up through. And, you know, first it was in the 80s, 70s and 80s, women just kind of elbowing their way into the glass ceiling, right? The fact we were even in the executive suite and not just secretaries or assistants was a breakthrough. We were allowed and had opportunity to use new skills or use skills we had in ways that were valued in uh, corporate America. And there was um, literally an elbowing of women and, and in order to get that one spot. So you would choose to step into the masculine in order to seem familiar to seem on the same team, to look like the other people in those meetings. It was really taught where, I don't know, I don't know if you, if you uh, were around in the 80s, but we, we wore huge shoulder pads to make us look boxy like men. We didn't wear uh, skirts, you know, we didn't wear, we wore pantsuits. Uh, we stepped into really masculine clothing, even to mask our feminine, because we believed, and it was totally a belief, that there's also some truth behind it, that what's this, you know, if a woman comes into the room, it's a distraction or doesn't, or she isn't, um, doesn't bring the same value. I mean, that was the belief system. And so to take that out of the equation, we dressed like men and acted like men. And we would go hang out with the boys and we'd drink them under the table. And, you know, we'd do it better, stronger, faster, quicker. And, uh, you know, that was the, the credo. And it was killing us, right? Because we were stuffing down our truth. It's crazy because, like, I'm a martial artist but I am also a fighter. So I competed for many years and, you know, having that male 
perspective, like, hey, I'm an alpha male. I'm not going to show any weakness. This is who I am. Uh, I'm never tired. I never, I'm never hurt. Like that also sucks, you know? Yeah. So I can take it like from a male perspective, I can also realize that now I'm, I'm more open to showing vulnerability and also those feminine elements in my life. And it also makes me happier and then just trying to like put up, be a machine or like heartless that hey, I, I did for, for several years as a fighter because I, I did, didn't want to show weakness. And I think it's the same thing. And I'm curious what shifted in you. Was it a moment or was, or was it, it was did someone open up a space for you? When did you shift out of like, because I think that's, so damaging and hurtful and we all have feelings. We all need to let our uh, stress out, right? And our feelings and uh, release that or we, or we pop. Yeah. I mean, I think it, it comes with confidence and confidence that you, it's okay to lose. It's okay to be fearful, but you do it anyway. So I think in the beginning, it's almost like a, a a dog that is afraid, it will start barking and doing it. But like someone that's more confident, will just be calm and just relax and see what's going on and know that performance is not going to be affected. If you're totally in tune with yourself, and I talk about this a lot, I used to be two-faced, you know, and I know a lot of people are that as well. You show up in the world as this super confident guy or girl and you have your shit together and all of that. But when you go back home, you lack confidence, you, you don't like what you're doing, you don't like yourself, and you have this constant inner battle which which hurts you as a human being. And then a lot of people, and what happened for me is that I realized I needed to work on that because I wanted to be loved, I wanted to love people. And uh, once I started working on that, and 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 now I can say I'm, I'm pretty much aligned and I, I'm so happy because... I can say like, I'm sad today. I can say that, and I don't care if you you think that I'm weak for because I know I'm strong. But I want to talk about that journey and how we can help the the listeners today to to kind of go after that because it is scary and it is also hard when you live in a world if you are an executive or or what type of world you're living in, right? Well. It takes courage. What you're speaking about, like I acknowledge you for your courage in going on that journey and creating that alignment. Because I think that's where true happiness lives is yeah. when we are fully self-expressed. And and it was the same for me. Vulnerability, I would rather experience physical pain than the possibility of someone seeing my true self and then not accepting it like yeah. that's like that was death to me and I didn't know it like it's a thing that I think a lot of people don't know and don't have access to I come from Raytown Missouri I come from an Italian family like we would all my entire family would get together on Sunday after church and eat and you know, talk about who brought the wrong casserole to church versus our feelings. Like my uncle hated his job. He was killing himself with booze and, 
died in his sleep. You know, it's, there are real physical issues, you know, that when we do not release the fuse, it's what creates shootings. It's what creates Karens. It's what create, you know, it's where we pop up. We have no place to let our valve release, like, um, Hope for the Day is a suicide prevention organization based out of Chicago. They use an analogy of a soda can, right? And, or a, a, like a bottle, like one of those Coke bottles, right? Where you, so, you know, you can sit there and be fine, but you shake it up a little, like you get rattled over here, you get rattled over here. And all of a sudden, if you don't release a little of that, tension that soda it's gonna pop off like a mentos you know like explode so how do we get to release steam release stress release um our feelings acknowledge our feelings create a safe space for ourselves where we can release the lid a little yeah I mean, let's talk about, I want to, I want to, I want to hear, I want to go a little bit deep and heart to heart. Like when, when, when did you hit rock bottom? Was it in a, in a corporate setting or a room? Like, do you recall that moment when you were like, I've had enough and I need to, I need to fucking change? Yes. <laughs> so I, there, I have two points that were major shifts in my life. The first was when I was running all the content at AOL and I was flying back and forth between New York and LA. And I flew in, it was Super Bowl Sunday. I remember it. I had been advising Tim Armstrong, the CEO, to purchase Huffington Post. And they made a deal at the Super Bowl. So I walked into the office Monday morning, not ha- being part of it kind of being cut out of it and arriving to the office with Ariana Huffington in my role. It was a public uh, failure. You know, I got kind of dethroned and it was mortifying because I didn't do anything wrong. I had nothing to blame it on except myself, right? Like, if, if my performance wasn't failing, then what was it about me that had this happen? And it spiraled me down. And I ended up going to Mexico to uh, San Miguel de Allende <laughs> and, uh, and starting to build my way back into my purpose leveraging my talents and and building my own business which ultimately became good amplified uh so using this this ninja skills i had in the online space to support nonprofits to amplify the good that they were doing but the the most recent turn and what my passion and purpose is at this point in my life happened Four, four years ago, uh, I was living with my ex-fiance a year after we had broken up. 
And I had guilt because I was concerned that he would commit suicide if I left. And so I put my life on hold in order to hold all the weight. And I finally stepped away. I was able to move to Venice. That was my move to Venice and started to rebuild what connection, vulnerability, deep relationship could look like for me. And in the process of that, I discovered my lack of vulnerability. Like vulnerability was never like, I equated vulnerability as a weakness. That was like, don't even go there. Uh, It's not a part of my world at all. But I stepped into a leadership program and found out that that was between me and success. It was between me and love. It was between me and why I never chose to commit fully. And I started peeling back the onion and it was the hardest thing I've ever done. It, it hurt. It, I ugly cried. <laughs> I, um, Why do we never see ugly cries on, on social media? You know, I, uh, I took a picture. I ugly cried. It was, I don't recall. It was probably like a half a year. When I, I took a picture of myself, I was like, should I post this? Because everything is just like highlight reels. But then I realized, it's ugly. <laughs> well, it's, it's so it's, it's interesting. I mean, I, I still to this day am working on putting out vulnerably and authentically what is happening. You know, it's not always rosy. It's not always successful. I've had a lot of failure from then to now. And, and we get to show that. One of the biggest things in goddess process, which is what came out of this, whole journey is I bring communities of women together and they get to see that they aren't doing it alone. Like, like what I'm experiencing, most other people are experiencing too. And there's so much freedom in that and, and permission to not have it together, like in social media to, to not be pretty, to, to not come to calls with your makeup on and your hair did like I did this morning, <laughs> like, you know. I know. I mean, the thing that I'm, like, when we're talking about this, one thing that I'm starting to kind of realize is that a lot of us human beings, we're, putting, we're living a fake life, putting on a mask, because we think that's the way we're supposed to live, and it creates so much unhappiness and I think the biggest fear, again, goes back to vulnerability, right? If people know who I really am, they're not going to love me anymore. Mm. And, I mean, do you have any, any kind of tools uh, that, uh, that you can help out with? Because I know in that moment when you went to Mexico and you were, like, dethroned, I'm sure it it didn't just turn around in a day. It was probably a process and a hard and a hard fucking process, right? Yes. Uh, 
Brene Brown says the last thing I want to show in you is the is the last thing I want to show in me is the first thing I want to see in you. You know, it's our cracks that connect us, that tie us together. And the, the more we can show them, the deeper our relationships are. And it starts with a, a commitment. Are you willing to open yourself up to at least one person? Like, is there one person in your life that you would like a deeper relationship with? Start with this person. Okay. Sit with them. The, the, the first step in this, this is an easy exercise. It does not require anything, is look eye to eye. Left eye to left eye. And sit there for a minute without looking away. And what shows up when you actually see another person, you can see their pain, you can see their hurt, their compassion, love flows through. to taking the time to just connect, to see and be seen. Yeah, I mean, it's what you're talking about. I I went to a, a book release for one of my previous podcast guests, Garen Jones, and he, we did this exercise and uh, it was so powerful, you know, I like most of us started crying, you know, and, you saw this tough men and and women and like when you when you see someone in the eyes there's no you can't hide anymore and it feels feels great right to just let go and and let go of that pressure cooker and uh, my my biggest fear sometimes is that if i show my true self or my my mostly not my true self but mostly my vulnerabilities that people are going to take advantage of me, especially in a business setting. Uh, can we just talk about that? Because I think a lot of other people have the same fear because it is, a, it is a real fear. It does happen. So I thank you for asking that because that is a, a, a massive concern. And you, I don't think you have to tell all the things, Right. I don't walk into board meetings and say I was raped at the age of 10, right? You don't start at that, but you can say, Hey, uh, I'm nervous about this meeting and the nerves are, I'm excited of what's possible or really just acknowledging what is true for you. Um, and where you want to get to. I also believe when we come from authentic vulnerability in what's true for us in the moment is we create the relationships we want, whether that's in business or in 
any area of our life. And if people don't align, they can either up level to where you are or they'll go choose a different path, which is perfect because <laughs> that, you know, if they're not in alignment, they're not in alignment. Yeah. I, I want to talk about uh, scarcity versus abundance. And I think it's also like once you go into a, the abundance mindset, there's a shift. And I know I lived in a scarcity mindset for a long time, especially as a competitor, because when you go to a tournament, there can only be one winner. Uh, if we talk about the person that is on top of the podium, but in reality, we can win if we do our best performance, right? And when when I shifted that, I shifted that late in my career and it actually led to me winning more medals, having more fun and and just, you know, feeling better about myself. So how, how do we go from that scarcity mindset that someone is trying to take things from me? I need to, I need to step on other people in order to win myself to that moment where I know that, Hey, Amber J, I want the best for you. Cause I know I also can have the best and, uh, truly, truly, truly believe that. We live in an abundant universe. There is more than enough for everyone. And when we truly embody that, it only creates more abundance. And I realize that what you're speaking into is so powerful because there is only a, a one on the podium. And that's very specific. Kind of like what I was speaking about, like there was only room for one woman in the boardroom. So we really thought we had to claw our way there and that we couldn't that there couldn't be more than one or there wasn't another possibility. There's always another possibility. I do um, a process with people and there's a ton of tools and a ton of exercises and we can get into all of those or we can send them to all your uh, viewers. But one of the, um, the process I like to use in manifesting anything is creating clarity. So like, what do you want? What are you calling in? Are you calling in, you know, divine health? Are you calling in a relationship? Are you calling in more money? But the deeper cut of that is, well, first of all, that's a, that's an aha for a lot of people right there, right? To go, um, what do I want? Like, not what do they want? What do my family want? What do I want? And just slowing down, doing a meditation. Uh, I have tons of guided meditations, but there's tons on YouTube where you get clear on what you want. What do you actually want? Do you want love? Do you want a house? Do you want more money? Let's say, say you want more money. Well, why? So then the next layer of that is why? What's your why? If you want more money so that you can go on more vacations, what I'm hearing you say is you want freedom, <laughs> which is a different and clearer idea. Like that can come in a lot of forms. And to your point, the, the opportunity is, is beyond $10,000 more. It's limitless, right? When freedom is what's actually my want. So once you have this clarity and clear what the why is, you get to go into your limiting beliefs. Like, 
girls from Raytown, Missouri don't get to go to the Emmys. Girls from Raytown, Missouri aren't millionaires. Girls from Raytown, like what are the limiting beliefs that are between you and this want? And that's, there's some real deep work that goes into that. It's societal, it's generational. It is uh, being in a masculine body or a feminine body. There are layers and layers that can go into what those potential beliefs are that are between you and your abundant life. And then the, we take the, the step in releasing. This is ceremonial. It can be burning of things. It can be coming to the ocean and um, immersing yourself, cleansing yourself of these beliefs. It could be a visualization, but really releasing them, letting them go. They're not yours. They don't belong to you. They're not real, right? They're beliefs. And we can believe that we live in an abundant universe. We can believe that money just comes to me. Money does grow on trees. Yes. <laughs> and then the last is committed action. Like what's the steps you get to take to step into that? Like, you know, I know there is this like uh, the secret and attracting and all that. And yes, when I'm vibrating and in alignment, it shows up for me. But I also get to take committed action. Like I get to get the wheels going, right? So that it, ease and flow, I, I receive with ease and flow. And how do you stay in that moment? Because I know there's a lot of, you know, strong, both women and men that are, they have, they want to build careers and then they have this mindset and then you come into a world where uh, there's, there might be a little bit harder environment where you have to, like you thought, you don't have to, but you think you have to do that in order to win. How do you stay on course? It goes back to this idea of not doing it alone. Find a buddy, find a group, find a podcast, find a Facebook group, find a church group, join goddess process, you know, whatever works for you, but a don't do it alone. Let people know what you're up to. Let them support you in it. You support them. It's so much funner. <laughs> it's funner a word. It's so much more fun when you do it with others. And, yeah. um, and you and you will have highs and lows. Like it, it's not always rainbows and unicorns. Um, what? I know. <laughs> Trust me, I live in rainbows and unicorns. <laughs> but um, and then I use tools. Like I use Abraham Hicks. I use uh, guided meditations. I walk on the treadmill. I move my body. I dance. Uh, I surround myself with like-minded people. I put myself in, oh, I use expanders. Have you used expanders before? What is that? Oh, I know, right? That's a good one. That's a to be magnetic. She talks about expanders. So people and they can be people you know, or, or celebrities, or people who passed on, or whatever. But people who embody what you want to create in the world. Whether that's a relationship, whether that's a 
um, a business. So find someone or several someone's. They could be pieces of someone's also. So maybe she uses the example of Oprah, Lincoln, and Richard Branson. And she's like, I love Oprah for her authenticity and her inspiration. I love Richard Branson because he's this international man of mystery who is always playful and fun and ridiculous. And then Lincoln, because he's a trustworthy man of commitment and of revolution and evolution. And so it's taking those pieces of whoever resonates for you, right? Those were just the examples she used. But um, maybe it's maybe it's somebody on Instagram. Maybe it's uh, a coach or an inspirational person, or maybe it's a relationship. Maybe they're, I like Chrissy Teigen and um, John Legend. I think they have the cutest relationship, like that hashtag relationship goals. You know, so expanders, because what it does is it expands your subconscious and moves it into your conscious. Yeah. Oh, I love that. And I think that that's great. One thing that I wanted to, you know, talk to you about is like, what has been the hardest thing on this journey? Do you ever go back when when you were by yourself and like, hey, what would have happened if I've had continued on the executive journey in a different way? I am grateful that I have this burning desire in my gut. I think I've been an entrepreneur. Like I knew I had to get the heck out of Raytown, Missouri. I knew that much. Um, How old were you when you knew that? Oh, I knew that probably in middle school, if not earlier. Like I was like, this is not for me. Um, and I fit in and I, I and I navigated fine, but I, I like went to college. I went to Chicago. I came to LA. I was like, I'm not, I'm definitely not living here. This is not my jam. But um, I also believed that I, um, I believe that drive comes from feeling not worthy. I worked really, really hard. I sacrificed a lot when it came to relationships or having a family or kids. I chose a different path. And it was really rooted in, I thought it was a fat girl who wasn't pretty and had to outsmart, out funny, out earn everyone so I could be worthy to be your friend or have love. I mean, I, I had the same problems myself. I I didn't feel worthy. And, and I've realized that meeting so many people on my podcast now that a lot of the ultra successful people, it it is rooted in in the beginning that they wanted to feel worthy. And uh, what we do realize when you become a world medalist and where you or you get that awesome job is that that is not going to solve your problems. It's awesome if you're already feeling good, but it's not gonna not gonna change your life and you, especially your life when you're by yourself. And going back to, I recently had Tom Billy on the show, and his definition of success is how you feel about yourself when you're with yourself. 
And I love that definition. I think that's one of the best I ever, ever heard. And at the end of the day, like, how do you feel about yourself when you're with yourself? That that's, that's hard. You can't lie there. And this is the, this is the opportunity in this lifetime. Like you're in this meat suit right here, right now, and you will never occur this way again. And it is our journey as human beings to, to kind of get to that place of I'm enough. Like I'm here for a reason. I, this is what I got and, and loving it, doing whatever it takes to get to the place of loving yourself. I have to say it, it, this journey of vulnerability opened up finally to, Oh, you've arrived. You got there. Now what? Like, you can only go in, you can only like, there's no awards to win. There is no like thing to get. And when, when you're in that space, everything's within you. And I feel it's an amplification of your tools, your wisdom and your joy on the planet. What makes you happy, Amber J? I mean, the ocean makes me happy. <laughs> Waking up in this goddess temple makes me happy. Um, it makes me happy that I own my wisdom and tools and I'm able to impart that on others that gives them freedom, right? Like not from like an ego, like oh, I know with all the things. It's like, I've learned some things and I'm passing them on because they gave me relief and freedom and I and I wish that for you. I wish you abundance. I wish you not to struggle and not to like hide behind uh, what you think you need to be. You are enough. You are beautiful. You are whole and complete. Yeah. And what do you want to say to if we talk a little bit about from the male perspective? You know, let's say. Uh, some guys listening to this right now and, and they are, Hey, I'm, I'm super successful, but I feel that something is missing in my life. And like, how, how is, is the way to go? Like, what's the way to go there? You know? Yeah. Um, I, I speak to a lot of men, you know, uh, and I invite them into men's groups to kind of the same as women, like, you're having this experience in this uh, male body. And so you get to relate to other healthy masculine men uh, to explore in a safe space, how to unpack whatever there is to unpack. And, and gosh, we really have this culture of men stuffing it down and buck up man up and uh and when the when the feminine actually understands that we get to be a soft landing and a support and permission for the masculine to release that that's what's so beautiful about masculine and feminine coming together is is we give each other permission the divine feminine to be pleasure and to be 
uh, flow and the masculine to be structure, but also to be consciousness and to be tapped in and uh, open and holding and, and be held, like swapping those back and forth. Like we get to hold each other. And, and uh, so I always invite men into men's groups. There's a ton of them certainly around our neighborhood. <laughs> and um, I, I really like the work of John Wineland. That's more of like the sexual relationship, but it's also the masculine feminine relationship. And it's so rooted in like grounding yourself in the earth tapping into your inner knowing, healing your wounds, usually from your parents. Uh, and, and working through and creating the man that you want to be. Yeah. My, my, my two cents for men is it's tough. It's tough being a man. And, uh, and you don't have to hold all that weight. Yeah, I think when I look at my own life, I, I think about, you know, have a lot of discipline. I'm strong. When I say I'm going to do something, I'm doing it no matter what. And it's textbook for <laughs> not being vulnerable. Right. Yeah. And yeah. The thing is, like in my mind, if I set my mind to do something, it gives me results, but necessarily sometimes it doesn't give me happiness because I I knew I know that maybe I should quit or maybe I should go a different route or take a break, but I won't do it because my I've set my mind on something. And honestly, I have a hard time knowing when. I should tap into that male energy of just like pushing through and that feminine energy or whatever it is to like take a break and do something else and then come back to it. Like what advice can you give to, to like thick headed guys uh, like me that are trying to better themselves? Well, what I heard you say is, is what is that moment when you're not feeling happy when you're not, experiencing joy in what you're doing. So you could be totally purposeful and penetrating and like in your joy and like, yes, this feels great. But if you're like powering through because I have to do it, I have to whoo, take a breath. I know, but sometimes you feel, you feel overwhelmed, right? You're doing everything on purpose, but then everything else is going on in your life at the same time. And like you don't know where to go. You know that you're going to enjoy this in like a month or two, but right now it's just like, Hey, I got to get, I got to get this going. Well, so two things. One is like, if you're in a moment and you need to like realign, take three deep breaths, yeah. breath, breath, reconnecting, you know, close your eyes, sit in your car before you walk into a listing or a meeting or a competition and ground yourself uh, or use a meditation to, to shift into your feminine dance, like put on a song and dance like a teenage girl would, like 
whether that like that sounds like maybe the most uncomfortable thing for some people, but literally like dance around and like move your body and it just shifts your energy a hundred percent. Like if you can do one song and, and have a go-to song, like have an emergency song, clear emergency. And then you put on that song and then, you know, it shifts like just commit to the entire length of the, of the song. Um, the other, I had a second one. What was it? It come back to you. And All right. That's, that's, that's the part of the human experience of being beautiful and, <laughs> and living in alignment, right? Living in the present. And uh, I, I just have two more questions uh, to you and then I'm going to let you go. Maybe you'll go down to the ocean and enjoy a little bit. Uh, it's a beautiful day. So, Amber J, it, let's imagine you're 87 years old. You're sitting in a rocking chair in your goddess temple, uh, contemplating about your life and, and just looking back. What do you want to have seen in order to say, wow, th this was a good run? Mm. I made a declaration uh, a couple of years ago to impact a billion lives. Wow. And, uh, and that was in a different context, but really my legacy is, is joy and happiness. And uh if I can look back and see the ripple effect of that, I, I, I did it. Yeah. Yeah. We need more joy. We need more happiness. Uh, so everybody here, take a chill pill, relax a little bit. Chill enjoy pill. The day. <laughs> Calm the fuck down. Calm the fuck down. <laughs> it's, you know, we're, it's so funny because we're always, not all of us, but most of us in this Western society, we're striving for stuff. We're striving, 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 which I think is good. But take a break too and, and listen to what the Italians have to say, dolce far niente, which means the art of doing nothing, you know. Relax a little bit. Uh, it's, it's actually, it actually feels good. It's interesting. It's really hard to relax. And this is a, a beautiful point, kind of like pinpointing everything that we're talking about, about worthiness is uh, we have created a culture where our value is placed in our work and our, like our worthiness is in our work versus our being. And I, and I think my belief is we are in the shifting of that. Yeah. And the last question for you, Amber J, is for people that are listening to this that have a dream, a goal that they want to go after, and uh, maybe there's a big change in their life. Like for many of us during, during this year, it's been a very interesting year in many ways. So what would you tell them? What's the first step they can do to come a little bit closer to, to going after or taking action on that dream? Stop doing it alone. Uh, I, I'm going to butcher this quote, but you, you can go far 
alone, but you can, I don't know. You, but you go further go, with it. Go fast, go alone, yeah, go yeah, far, yeah, go that together. One, that yeah, one, that one, that's the quote. I'm the worst with that quotes. <laughs> but, but yeah, so, so um, it, it's building teams and, or if you're going through a process, find a community and be supported. It really, we are in the era of community, community um, contribution, coming together, uh, communes. The, I mean, really, that there is this this movement of picking your like-minded people and hunkering down and co-creating together. And it's the it's the way to have the impact and leave the legacy you want to see in the world. I love that, and that's definitely something that I'm working on getting better at. Uh, Amber J, if people uh, want to connect uh, with you, wh- where's the best place to find you? Amber J Lawson on every platform. I'm on Instagram and uh, you can DM me there or Goddess Process. Goddessprocess.us is the website. And um, we're opening up Tribe. But we also, I do um, corporate interactive immersive workshops and talks and gatherings. We just did one with the UN that was really impactful, um, leading from vulnerability. So, you know, what if our world leaders led from vulnerability? Yeah. Love that. Amber J, thank you so much mm-hmm. for being here, spending time with me this morning. And, uh, I love what you do. I love your mission. Th- thank you for sharing so openheartedly. Thank you. Thank you for creating this space. I really appreciate you. Thank you. And thank you, everybody that are still here. We're an hour in, and that's a lot to ask for for anybody when it's 2020, right? Uh, We have the attention span, most of us, like a goldfish, which I think is somewhere around three three to five seconds. So if you're still here, uh, that means that uh, we love you. Yeah, here's some hearts, and I hope you love us too. And we're doing this for you. We're, we're sharing this space in order for you to create a better life, become happier. And uh, I want to hear from you. So if you, if you found value in today's show, please share it with somebody, reach out to me or Amber J so, so we can know what you enjoyed and, and we, we, that fuels us to move forward and, and do more as well. Uh, you can find uh, me on ilovesuccess.co or my book, The Goal Book, which is a book about setting goals on Amazon. Other than that, thank you so much and talk to you guys soon. <laughs>